This is Pep Hamilton, head coach, general manager of your D.C. Defenders. Enjoy the XFL show. Welcome, football fans. This is week one of the 2020 XFL season. This is For the Love of Football, and this is the XFL Show. I'm Alan. I'm Jake. I'm Vince. And I'm Bryant. Yes, week one is upon us, and that means we have four matchups to talk about. It has been a long road, but we are finally here. This is episode 111, and it is the first week of the 2020 season. 724-565-4XFL is the XFL fan line. If you ever want to give us a ring, leave a voicemail, get on the show, you could call that number anytime and give us a question, a comment, a concern, or just tell us how hyped you are with the season kicking off. As we, Jake, uh, we're basically kicking off here, and that would make us uh, here, I wouldn't. Even, are we close? Are we still close? Or are we finally here? How do you phrase uh, this now? Oh, we're we're not just close. We are officially closer than ever right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna miss that. I'm gonna miss that gimmick because it's over after this episode, Jake. What do you got up your sleeve? Start next week. Well, next week we're gonna be closer than ever to week two. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will be at XFL Show is where you could reach us on social media. And oh my, Bryant. Has it been interesting on there? I mean, the the vibes after with the Super Bowl ending, just the vibes on social media for the XFL, and we felt it ourselves on our own social media handle. I mean, people are so excited that football is not over here in February. It's not over, and I think that was the takeaway from uh, the game on Sunday, uh, last Sunday, the Super Bowl. It was football is not over, and it wasn't over at all. I think I, I saw more tweets about the XFL than I did about the Chiefs winning the, the Super Bowl, really, uh, all week. And it was hard to keep up, but I'm glad I did a lot going on for me this week. So I'm kind of glad I had some distractions, but uh, it was still a, a good time leading up here to week one. Are you calling the birth of your first child a distraction <laughs> on, the, no. on the podcast? <laughs> no, I'm not calling the birth of my child a distraction. I'm calling the tweets a distraction from oh. the birth of my child. Oh, there it's you been, go. look, when you get three hours of sleep in four days, it's it's tough. It's tough, but I'm glad I have the XFL to look forward to. And, and uh, the Wildcats gained a fan before the season even started. I love That's that. Love I love that. Add, in, add into the Wildcat fandom. Congratulations, Bryant. To you and your bride you, on your you. first child. And also, congratulations to Vince for it being week one. It's finally here, and you get to talk all about the spreads, the coaches, the players, their schemes. Here we are. We have some games to break down later on. Yeah, we finally do. We finally have matches, matchups to go through. I've been waiting for a long, long time <laughs> to, to talk about these actual games and how they're going to look like, not just for – uh, from a, a entertainment perspective, from a fan's perspective, but also who's going to win this thing? Uh, I can't wait to get into that. This is something to behold, uh, the XFL week one. 
I, I was thinking you would start sing, doing a sing song there. I've been waiting two years for the XFL, but we got our own new theme Don't song. Don't roll that out to actually <laughs> being played probably before the first game. <laughs> we don't know exactly what uh, Fox and uh, ABC have up their sleeve for. Uh, well, we for... Do, we we don't, Vince, but we know what the XFL has up their sleeve. Yeah, baby. Win, win, win. Here we are. We're going to be talking about those games. Also, some news that came out about, well, some data or data or whatever you want to call it when it comes to what do you do on fourth down and point after touchdowns in the XFL. That is going to be, yeah, yeah. I know Bryant's really excited for that. That is going to be an interesting conversation. I'm sure argumentative, but in a fun way. And of course, the betting community is excited for week one. And there's been some great news, I think, announced about how the XFL will take an approach to wagering on its league. So we're going to get into that as well. And don't forget, this week has been busy. We gave you all of our picks for the upcoming season. Last last show, Jake, was pretty special. We gave away uh, our preseason MVPs, the coach of the year, Mr. XFL, and we predicted championships. All those are on the podcast feed along with many team previews. We've been talking about this season nonstop, Jake, and I am just ready for it to kick off. I will see you in D.C., but... We got a big show lined up right here. I hope you're ready to talk about scores in those games. I'm particularly excited to hear what you say about DC versus Seattle. Uh, yeah, we broke some hearts last week, but I think we made some friends also. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're going to be going a little more in depth into week one. Still a lot of unknowns. I think week two is going to be a lot more clear once we get 60 minutes under our belts uh, officially from all of these clubs. And we're going to do our best this week at least. And you know what? This is going to be, I think, the easiest show for us because we have depth charts, too, to finally rely on for this for this show. So it is going to be a really great episode. Don't forget, this is the Thursday evening edition. This show comes out. We are on Tuesday mornings and Thursday nights, plus bonus minisodes. And if you caught our team previews, our very, very short, brief essentials for each team. Uh, we hope you enjoyed those. Those are on the podcast feed. If you want to know everything you need to know about a team, go listen to those or check them out on XFL.com or on the XFL YouTube channel. Let's get started, though, and go throughout the league real quick on some of the little news and notes in the XFL. It's the quality of the play. Houston making some moves, Vince. They cut Toby Weathersby, the offensive lineman from LSU, right before the season starts, but then they go ahead and add a defensive lineman from LSU. Big defensive tackle, nose tackle, Greg Gilmore, and I think that's a huge plus. He was bouncing around some NFL teams, and I watched him play in college. Solid pickup for the Roughnecks. Yeah, yeah, and I like this move by Houston, considering that they're going to be playing a 3-4 scheme on on defense. And, and as of right now, they only had uh, two guys listed on their depth chart uh, playing that nose guard position. That, and that was probably my favorite thing about these depth charts, releasing and seeing what kind of scheme they're going to be using on defense, each of these teams. <laughs> Although I'm sure all of them will be multiple. Yeah. I, I think I, we could say that in today's day and age. Yeah, but, I have uh, a few uh, things yeah. to say about that, about the, how the defenses <laughs> line up. But Greg Gilmore, I think, could be a, a really gr- solid last-minute addition to the Houston Roughnecks. And we'll see, no uh, what kind of, see what kind of playing time he gets this uh, week against the Wildcats. Yeah, and Alan, I know you may disagree with me on this, but it's still in this day and age that we live in, 2020, I don't care uh, what your personnel is. If you're playing a 3-4 scheme, 
uh, that nose tackle is the most important position on that whole defense. I don't care what anybody says, and that's why I'm excited to see this Houston defense get out there. All right. Well, some more additions. The Tampa Bay Vipers added tight end Farrell McKeever and waived wide receiver Stacey Coley. Bryant, that means we have our second pickup from Team 9 because McKeever was down in Arlington previously, earlier in the week at least, uh, practicing with Team 9. That's the second pickup from Team 9. Yeah, if you weren't listening last week, Team 9 is basically a reserve of players playing down in Texas. Dallas, if I'm not mistaken, that the uh, other teams, the other eight teams can pick from as the season progresses. Uh, yeah, and Tampa Bay took full advantage of that, and that's what is there for picking up a tight end in Farrell McKeever. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but real quick on that Houston thing, Alan, last week I talked about how, or last episode, I talked about how you know structured June Jones was with what he did in the draft, and then he goes and does this. <laughs> oh, man, just remember they're listening. They are. They are. June Jones, though, if you see a player <laughs> you, you want, you, you got to go out and get him. And the, the Roughnecks, my pick to win the XFL championship preseason. And that just kind of makes me think even more that they're going to be prepared defensively now. We'll we'll see what yeah. I have for them against the Wildcats, though, when we pick that game in a little bit, Vince. Uh, injury reports are now live on, on XFL.com, and, and they're going, you know, game by game is the best part about it. If you go to XFL.com and go to the injury report section and news, I mean, you, you're going to get up to the up to the day uh, info on who practiced and, and who's going to be ready for the games. We're going to rely on those when we pick our games later on, Vince, but that is huge, and that – more, I think more than anything this week that came out, at least online, showed me that, oh, man, teams are preparing for these games. They're giving out their injury reports, letting fans know about it, and they really informed me when I was making my picks earlier today. Yeah, yeah they may not quite be violating any HIPAA uh, yeah. violations, but but still at the same time. Gotta yeah, respect HIPAA. Yeah, especially at the same time, though, you know, whenever gambling is involved, you know, those – those injury reports, they got they got to be out there to some degree. You know, maybe they could be. I don't know if it's going to be quite as vague as you know hockey or college football, but um, there's going to need to be some information there. And I guess you got to break it down to you know try to piece together what's what's going on. But we'll know for sure whenever the lights come on this weekend. And as we dink and dunk around the league here, another piece of interesting news. Jake, I want to get your thoughts on this. The XFL apparently has hired Ross Greenberg, who is the executive behind the Hard Knocks show on HBO, and he will be apparently producing a behind-the-scenes documentary that is going to hit next Wednesday about week one uh, of the XFL. I, I just know that you're looking forward to more content like that, aren't you? I am. Um, you know, ever since this came out fairly recently, I don't think we knew about it beforehand, did we? Like weeks or ago or anything like that? No, I mean, when we were down in Houston, Brian, we saw cameras, but I didn't know what camera was for what uh, for during training camp. But you got to believe there's going to be some cool stuff out there uh, giving you, like they say, access to these teams. And I everybody loves the documentary format in 2020, right? Put that thing up online. Everybody will stream it. Yeah, I definitely want to see it. I, I'm curious how far back it goes, really, or or how recent it goes. Like, is it going to have kickoff of week one in it? I'll or? tell you what, Jake. No matter how far back it goes, it doesn't go as far back as us, my friend. But it was pretty cool to see a lot of cameras <laughs> oh, out there oh. uh, during training camp and all actually, that. What? Actually, Brian, I, I, I didn't tell you I've had a camera on you for two years, and I'm going to be releasing <laughs> some footage 
through the documentary section that we're going to put up. Believe it or not, there's a lot of fans out there that want to see that. Yeah, there are. There are. <laughs> me, yeah. At least see me. I mean, I know that for a fact. So be on the lookout for that uh, whenever it drops and hopefully more cool behind-the-scenes content throughout the season. You know that we're going to have it all covered, and we'll be reacting and talking about whatever comes out from the league. I, I mean, I'm interested already in these behind-the-scenes they've put on some of the players, and they did one right when he was announced as the starter, Vince, P.J. Walker in Houston, and then they came out with the video about P.J. Walker. This guy is confident, saying he's going out there playing like he's the best player on the field each and every single time. He's an undersized quarterback with a chip on his shoulder. I love it. He's my pick for XFL MVP because he's the <laughs> roughnecks quarterback. But did they make the right choice? Should they have gone with Connor Cook? What do you think? I don't know. You know, I could have thought for sure Connor Cook was wrapping this up uh, as the uh, as the starter. Uh, we kind of talked about that right whenever the draft happened. You know, they Houston took him rather early. I I I got to say I'm a little surprised by this, but you got a Drew Jones. He knows who could run his system. Uh, he's been watching these guys every day in practice, so I got to think he made the right choice here. I got to side with June. Uh, same here i'm so hyped for this i cannot wait to see pj walker out there and i am i am st standing tall on my pick for xfl mvp preseason bryant i'm not budging pj walker all the way especially after the article and video came out after he got announced as the starter the swagger is what you gotta love what about mvp you're still picking you said uh, you said houston roughnecks quarterback yeah, I said the Houston Roughnecks quarterback, so my MVP is P.J. Walker. You're going to stick with that. Okay, I mean, it, it, what is that now? Seven for seven, basically. I think the only one that's left to be announced is New York. Uh, L.A. and uh, Dallas are the only two that didn't really get their assigned quarterbacks. But expected, I think they're going to give him a shot, and Connor Cook's going to sit there, but he's a good quarterback. And I don't know, I get this weird vibe that whoever's starting in any of these teams – doesn't mean that the backup's not really going to be playing because I feel like they're going to be playing a lot. Oh, I, yeah, I, I think that's a given. For uh, other than maybe DC and, and Dallas, I would not be surprised at all if you see somebody different come in uh, on the second quarter. No, I don't even the mean second like, quarter. I, mean I, I, yeah. quarter. Oh, I think that early. I, I mean it more in the <laughs> sense of like in the playbook. Like you're going to have two quarterbacks in one play. Oh, double well, forward if, pass if and that double forward pass. Yeah, yeah that's there was that's a there was option. a there was a. Uh, a cool uh, thing on social media for the Wildcats at, at XFL Wildcats on Twitter. Uh, their their social media girl there, Haley, uh, does like these hundred yards with. I don't know if you guys have caught any of these, but she did one with yeah, Coach Moss. Him. Yeah, and so she did one with Coach Moss. And Coach Moss, she asked him, "How was it in Houston? Uh, what did you read from the Roughnecks? Blah, blah blah, all that stuff." And and basically, Coach Moss is like, "Were you down there?" Nobody showed anything. None of that is actually what's going to happen in the games. Uh, so I fully expect these coaches to to pull out plays that we didn't even think about seeing Allen when we were down there. Yeah. We're looking for a two a double forward pass. I guarantee there's going to be crazier things than that. And week one, especially. I mean, this is where you got to really go out and 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 try something in the first week. I think, and I'm I'm looking for. And what's the, the data telling you too, right? I don't know about the data or the data. I just have this gut feeling that some coaches are going to go out there looking to have some fun in week one. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's Houston. Maybe Connor Cook sees the field. Jake, from what we're hearing in Tampa Bay, some stuff coming out about them. They love all their quarterbacks so much. Maybe we'll see multiple guys there. Uh, we'll get into it when we get into the games. But the quarterback scenarios right now are where they were at the draft, basically. Like Brian said, I mean, all the assigned quarterbacks are pretty much playing, except uh, for well, Luis Perez is in New York now. 
And then you've got – we don't know about Landry Jones' status for, for that game on Sunday. We'll get into that. But, you know, we have a lot a lot of fluidity, I think, happening at least from week one till I'm going to say about week three or four, Vince, is where the, these rosters, these depth charts are not 100% just yet because coaches got to go out and see their players play. Oh, my God. I mean, in the, the, the week one to week two – uh, is, is going to be fascinating to see uh, the, the changes. And I expect there to be a lot of them. Uh, and, you know, you may not – it's going to be interesting to see exactly how much the coaches show on depth charts with regards to changes. But I bet if, you, if you're watching these games closely, and I know everybody will, I think you're going to see you know, drastically different uh, combinations of players uh, from week to week. Man, I, I can't wait. We're going to pick these games in just a minute. I can't wait to hear who you guys think are going to win these games. We've got four big ones for week one. But we need to talk about some of the super interesting stuff that came out uh, earlier. Actually, just today, as of the live on tape podcast, uh, this piece of information, the data behind going for fourth down and extra points, Bryant, You've been chomping at the bit for the last about two hours since we saw this thing. We need to sink our teeth into it, as well as some of the sports wagering aspects of this weekend and week one in this week's cover, too. We got to get lined up, right, guys? We're on a 25-second clock. We got to run people on the field. The clock's going to start quicker than you think. We got to get back lined up and use the communication system to get it done. It's going to be exciting. Oh, is it going to be exciting? And you know what? I can't wait to see if they go for three, baby. That's what it's all about. Go for three. But when do you do it? Well, Optimum Scouting built a decision-making model based on NFL expected points added over the last decade. And then I guess, Bryant, they applied it to the XFL. And there's this whole article on XFL.com now that totally threw a monkey wrench into this episode because now I know we're going to spend a good five, 10 minutes arguing about this thing. When do you go for it on fourth down in the XFL? When do you go for the extra points? And according to this chart, I'm looking at, if you're on your own one to three yard line, you always go for it. According to this data or data. And that well, is if, crazy. If it's three yards. If it's three yards or less to go <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> data, data, who cares? These are, the, I'm going to spend the next three days wondering, reading this and making sure I memorize it because there's so much information on here. First of all, let's go back to just the the whole going on and on fourth down, right? That that table there, I'm I'm sure takes into account all the different point totals that the XFL has, but it's a great read. So make sure you check that out. It's on XFL's homepage right now. But let's get into the real one, which is the extra point analysis. And we've all talked about when will you go for it? Who's going to go for it? Are they going to be conservative? Are they not? And based on this data or data. Two points is a way to go for the most part. Even if you're down one, you go for two. I think, right? That's what it's saying here. It's 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 yeah, a it's a yeah. weird concept to me, but it does well, say if you're down one point with less than six minutes to go, or at any point, you go for two. Well, so this uh, is telling me that the two point conversion uh, make ratio is pretty high. Well, I don't think that there's a ton of difference between five yards and two yards, and it, I, th- I think. You know, if you're looking at percentage that you're going to make it, if you did it over, you know, 100 trials, that you would end up with more points if you ended up doing the two, I think is how, you know, people are really looking at that. And I, I don't, that's, 
it, it's just simple statistics, really, and it, it's probably the right way to go. But one thing I will talk about that is, Bryant, and whether you brought up was, you know, if it's under six minutes to go, you know, it, or, you know, whatever the time may be. And I think the time, you know, I'm not sure how valuable that is to factor in because of this comeback period, Alan, that, you know, you could get the ball back very quickly and not really have to waste much time. So, you know, you could say, oh, two score game, three score game, you could get the ball back quickly. I'm not sure how much that matters. Yeah, I think with the the comeback period, that also is that's that's information that I I feel like when they put this chart together, how do they factor that in? Because now you also have teams thinking about that in the back of their mind. I'm I'm super fascinated by the the extra point conversion uh, because of what it tells you to do when you're up too. I think the the conservatism is is what is going to behoove you if you're winning in these games and going for one a whole lot according to these charts. Um, and that just tells me that it, it's advising against piling it on, Jake, which I don't know. So if you're scoring and winning in this league, I feel like you're going to see some teams go for two anyway unless they're by, up by two touchdowns. But less than two touchdowns, I don't know. This is telling you to go for one a whole lot on this chart. That's the one thing that stood out to me. Yeah, I mean, like Vince was saying, you know, maybe the information is going to say go for two. And even if you don't make it every time, it's going to equal out at the end. Uh, it's, you know, you guys did get to see it down in Houston in action. But again, people were holding back, strategically holding back. This week one, we're going to start seeing things for real. And I think, you know, we're going to have not only a clearer picture next week, but maybe even a brand new picture. And this, I also, I will give you guys credit because on the last episode, I, I don't know if it was all three of you or a couple of you were saying that the teams that were losing, the teams that were down, the teams that were maybe going to have worse records were the teams that would go for three the most. And according to this, if you're losing in, in the end of a game, you're going for three a whole lot. So I'll give, I'll give that up to you, Brian. I guess you're, you were one who said that last episode. Well, I've been saying it for a while. I think uh, to me, this is a little too overzealous. If you're down one, why go for two? It just seems, you know, maybe if you're on the road or home, that matters. I wonder if that fact, do you think that factors in here, Vince, whether you're home or away? Uh, so, you know, they always say if you're on the road, you go for the win. If you're at home, you go for the tie. Uh, you know, that's in, you know, other con maybe conventional leagues. I, I, I don't know nowadays. I mean, I, I'm not sure if, home or away in the Listen, XFL's we're we're reimagining that line of thought here Brian the, yeah, now now you go for the win in the XFL at least according to this yeah, chart I, I'm gonna coin a phrase from or I'm not gonna coin it I'm gonna repeat a phrase I've heard used many uh times nowadays and that is kicking is for losers <laughs> and you might be saying that you know at the end of the day going for one is for losers too uh, yeah, you, you got to be getting as many points as possible, especially with this comeback period. You cannot afford to take your foot off the gas. You know, we, we talk about all these innovations that we're doing to this game, you know, kickoffs and, and 25 second play clocks, you know, but you know, what is really going to, I think have one of the biggest impacts on determining the outcome of these games is how this comeback period is. I mean, you could be, for all we know, you could be down by, you know, 20, 20 points with a minute left and still come back and win the thing. 
I love Vince's. Vince is already claiming the the role of the guy at every XFL game who's going to be shouting at everybody. There's still the there's still the comeback period, guys. Where are you guys going? It's not over. It's not over. There's still the comeback period. I love it because it's true, hundred percent. Uh, Call this, me up and tell me I'm wrong. Seven two four five six five four XFL. That's that is the XFL fan line. What about this though? All right, you said what? The, there's not a big difference between going for one from from the two or or from the five uh, for two points, but I feel like there is because you could run a more basic play going for one, well, Brian. I I mean you you're I think you're gonna have to if you're going for two or three in the XFL, you're gonna have to have something up your sleeve. I feel like we're gonna see like. Halfback toss passes, trick plays, yeah, shovel well, passes. To, That's where you do to that. To Vince's point, yeah, you're right. And to Vince's point, there's not a lot of difference between two yards and five yards to gain. But there's a huge difference between like 12 yards of room and like 30 yards of room to get those two or five yards. Like there's not a lot of room down there to be mixing around. So two and two and five yards is a big difference when you get down to the goal line. All, all I was saying was that, you know, if, if you – if you are at 50% success rate going for one and you're, but you're 33% success rate of going for two, if you went for two every time, you're going to end up with more points. I mean, that it's kind of, that's you know, a simple, that's that, simple it, math right there. It, it's that's, what we're seeing point. in the, in basketball with that thing they call saber metrics and analytics, where people just try to shoot as many threes right now as they do twos, because eventually they're going to end up with more points uh, in, if Steve Kerr was coaching in the XFL, believe me, he's going for yeah, those three pointers every time. Well, if okay, I could up something really quick, Alan. Okay, can I just bring up one thing before? I know you want to go on, but this is this is kind of my. This is right your now. deal. Go ahead. <laughs> the in in the, in the NFL, the two point conversion is I think converted less than fifty percent. That's just I mean I, I don't know the the statistics on that, but I know <laughs> it's not true? great. I think it's less than fifty, but yes. who knows? Do you think that the XFL? has an advantage in the sense that that percentage is going to go way up because now you have to do it every single time where in the NFL you do it maybe once a game. I don't know if that, that matters. I think defenses are going to be prepared to stop it if they're capable of stopping yeah, it every time. I don't right. know. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'll, I'll, one thing though, maybe you can mention if you're going to talk about, I don't know, that kind of like leaning towards like maybe fatigue is a factor or something, then maybe the 25 second play clock and the speed of the game, maybe ups the number a little bit because the defenses could be blowed up. That's one thing to consider. Yeah. Well, in, in the NFL, you know, you're not going for two all that often, although maybe you probably should. Um, you, you know, you got your your set of maybe like four or five plays that, that those are your two plays. That's your, your bag that you're going to. Well, now, you know, and, and maybe those catch the defense off guard, but now you're going to have to go for something every single time uh, so you really got to open up the playbook. Yeah, it's more uh, tradition, more stuff for the defense to prepare for. But then at the same time, it may not be, you know, it may not see as many gadget plays or, or trickeration, things of that sort. Yeah, I, I'm super fascinated to see that, too, just how much how how much of the creativity is saved for the PATs versus the rest of the game. Uh, I, I mean, you talk a lot about how mummy. Vince and I saw him doing some sideline interviews this this week for the Dallas Renegades at their practices, and you could just see on that guy's face he has something. He's he has something up his sleeve. He's thinking about some things. He talked about how excited he was for the point point after tries. So, man, I I'm 
I mean, these charts are all well and good, but I just think, well, let me just say this, Jake, for you and I, who like both hate math and all this kind of the percentages and the numbers, I think I could take what these guys have been babbling about for the last 10 minutes and I could translate it to this. This is, so if you take, if you take the point margin is between a three point lead or a, you're down by six, you multiply that by a factor of if you go for three, a two or a one, and you take another percentage and you insert that, multiply it times 100, 144, that all adds up to 100% excitement in the XFL on a point after try. <laughs> yeah, you, you are right on the money there. Uh, you know, math, math is not always fun, but, you know, with sports, it makes it tolerable. <laughs> that might be the, the the best math. phrase that might be the best phrase coined on this episode jake math <laughs> with sports math is, is tolerable, tolerable. <laughs> and, and well the thing is is you got to get used to it in the xfl there's more math in this game than maybe any other week oh yeah definitely yeah. Oh, i don't know if i factored that into my coach of the year projections i'm gonna have to revisit that best grades in algebra <laughs> <laughs> do you think each uh each staff just has like uh somebody just crunching number numbers non-stop some type of statistician oh yeah running formulas oh, yeah, and uh, you know hypothetical scenarios I mean, there's always coaches that are leaning you know more to the analytical thinking and other yeah, coaches are going to coach with their one, two, gut and three points this this is true because you have a lot of coaches in the, we'll say the NFL have guys who say, okay, here's the chart. This is what you do. Other coaches just say, get that away from me. And I'm going to do what I feel at that moment. These are a lot, a, a lot of decisions to make throughout the game. One, two, or three. We'll see what these coaches come up with, with their own charts. And if we could get a glimpse at any of them, that would be awesome. But right now we have this optimum scouting chart put together and it is absolutely fascinating. You could l spend hours looking at this and debating it with your friends highly recommend check it out on xfl.com we got to move on though uh and get into a little bit well, we're going to still count we're still going to utilize math here vince but now we're going to talk about uh how the sports betting community is going to be observing the xfl and with week one uh, a lot of news came out this week about the XFL and their fantasy partners. Uh, we, we've got partnerships now with the XFL and DraftKings and FanDuel for daily fantasy players. You can wager on the games as well. And then this is the really cool one that stood out to me this week. If you hadn't heard about this, Vince, do you know what VSIN is? Yes, I'm well aware about VSIN. So for anybody who doesn't know about VSIN, VSIN is a they're sports betting experts they're sports betting talkers they've got a, a serious channel right you could catch them they're basically a radio station they even have a uh a, a kind of an internet television channel to believe it or not that you can uh observe so they're, so they're just serious talkers they don't really like joke around they only talk about betting <laughs> serious xm well, if you want to make money you better oh be gosh you sound like sorry yeah. excuse me continue so, i'm a legendary the legendary Brett Musburger's involved with them. It's it's really cool. If you're into sports betting, VSIN has probably caught your eye and you probably listen to it or watch it a little bit. But now VSIN has a pretty cool partnership with the XFL and iHeartRadio that is going to create some interesting content that I definitely I think I'm gonna have to check out. Vince, two games a week. They're gonna be betcasts with VSIN sports betting experts covering the XFL live from their studios in Vegas talking about the games through that sports wagering lens. It's all in real time 
with all this analysis, it's all on the iHeart app. I think that's really cool and a really smart way for the league to to embrace, you know, the the largest <laughs> the largest money making portion of of the entire industry of sports these days, sports betting as it becomes legal all across the land. This is pretty exciting to me. Yeah, now now that, you know, the ever since it's been legalized and you know more and more states each year uh are are passing laws to allow it it, it seems like everybody and their brothers got a, a sports betting podcast or app or you know some sort of content they're putting out towards that uh because you know people are getting involved each and every day more and more people getting involved in this and you definitely want to have it for your product and with the XFL, I think they're doing an excellent job, you know, to get because people are going to say, you know, yeah, it's football, uh, but I don't, I don't know much about these players. I've never seen these teams play before, and, and you know, you listen to some of this content, and if it gets you to put some money down on a game, that means you're probably going to end up watching the game. And so, uh, it, the the more and more kind of stuff they like, they do like this, the better. I'm I'm just. It's really unprecedented. I, I, the NBA has actually, I, I'll give a credit, the NBA has embraced uh, this this sort of thing as of late, but the XFL to start off their league and really create these partnerships, FanDuel, DraftKings, and now VSIN, I think that's just really indicative of the times we live in, and it's a great thing, and it shows that the league is thinking the right way, thinking forward thinking, not being closed-minded. And even Oliver Luck this week, Jake, said it's you know th that there will be no restrictions, at least from the league, uh, on the announcers from Fox and ABC and ESPN talking about the spreads or over-unders or any of that. That might all get incorporated into the broadcast if the announcers and networks see fit. Yeah, it could. I guess it's up to them. And, uh, you know, if they feel like it's more important to talk about the spread near the end of the game or during this comeback period, uh, then what's going on out there. So again, it's up to them. I, I, I don't know if I expect that to happen, honestly. Oh, it's going to happen. Oh, it's going to happen. Well, well, don't if, don't if, doubt it will happen. If you pay, if you're really paying attention to announcers and other, uh, football leagues, if something happens towards the end of a game, that is, you know, uh, critical to what the number is, they will mention it uh, subtly, they, but they will. Yeah, mention that's it. what it is. <laughs> They'll mention it like you know, oh, that's gonna make a lot of people mad. That's that's kind yeah. of the quote. But now, if you're not betting on it, you'll know exactly what he's talking about when he says instead, "Oh, that's gonna make the over betters mad." You yeah. Know? See, imagine things like that, I and think... it's gonna make games that are blowouts interesting. Yes, exactly. You can talk about so many different things. Yeah. Alan, don't get too excited over there. Uh, Alan, I will. I, I don't want to correct you on something, but I, I, I kind of want to. You said that it shows that the XFL is doing the right thing in terms of embracing this betting. I don't know if it's the right thing, but it's definitely different. And I'm very intrigued why, on how it's gonna happen. Why, why don't you, know you think it's the right thing? Because the NFL is a powerhouse and they don't do this. And that's, I mean, that's just the God's honest truth, right? The, 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 the XFL is trying this and I'm very happy and I'm very excited to see this happen. But is it the right thing? I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say it's the right thing to do to bring in betting into your broadcast. It's the right thing to do 
to be different, and I'll give them that credit, but I don't know how this is going to pan out for fans or anything like that. I'm sure the XFL is doing I, their I think due diligence. What, I think what, a lot of it. What would the negative be? Do you think someone's going to be like, why are you talking about the spread? You're upsetting my grandma. What, what, what's, what's the I deal? think a lot. Yeah. And let's see what the presentation is before we. And I think that's great. They're embracing this entire culture of sports betting and sports fantasy and daily fantasy. And that's great because that is where everything is trending towards. It hasn't ever been done before. I guess, like I said, I'm excited. I'm not knocking it. I just don't know if it's 100% the right thing to do. They're going to reevaluate all these things at the end of the season. It's just going to be very different for my eyes. It's one of the bigger differences, I think, is, is a sports I mean, embracing all this. I mean, it may be as simple as kind of what the UFC does. You know, before every single fight, they say what the, the, yeah, the consensus odds. odds are in Vegas. They, they will say what they are. Uh, and it's not it's not a huge part of the broadcast. It's a little subtle. But uh, and and I could see, you know, who if they would if the XFL would partner with a as you know, it would probably make more sense for one of the big online ones. But I wouldn't rule out a a, a Vegas sports book, you know, in uh, a, a you know maybe a FanDuel or a DraftKings, you know, one of those online ones to show what the live odds are throughout the game. Uh, I could see that them doing that and it's not like the announcers really need to mention it you just have it and a ticker at the bottom of the screen i could see something like that yeah this is this is uh the right thing to do i'll say it brian i don't you said <laughs> you sound you sound like i don't know like what if you, you i bet you there were people like back in the 80s who were like i don't know why they're making sports video games people who like sports don't play video games what are they <laughs> doing on. here Give me, no first of all you gotta let me slide because that's like the first time i've done this in what this the hell is john madden doing <laughs> Yeah. John Madden, yeah, that game will sell. Yeah, kids love John Madden. Of yeah, nineteen ninety one baseball is the best game out there, by the way, right, Alan? Oh man, you get out of here with that. All right, no more, no more video game talk. I'm still hurt. All right, that, uh, this uh, is really exciting. Enjoy your weekend, you uh, you fantasy people and you you sports wagerers, because the XFL is there for you to enjoy as well. And I think that's great inclusivity, baby, Jake. Are you prepared now? Because we have four big games to talk about. We have reached that critical moment where we got to break them all down, and I need to know who you are picking in each game. Not because of sports wagering or anything. I just love to see how your mind works, and that is uh, supposed to happen right now, according to this rundown in front of me. Yeah, I don't know if we have enough time to uh, figure out how my mind works. I'm still trying to figure it out myself, but uh, I'll do my best. All right, Jake's going to give us his best. I'm going to give you everything I think about each game. Who knows what Vince and, and Bryant have up their sleeves, but it has finally arrived. The moment we've been waiting for for two years plus, breaking down, previewing, and picking week one of the XFL 2020 season. Let's do it in this week's Hot Read. baby dc home to the defenders and the very first xfl game of the season the world will be watching saturday at 2 p.m live on abc across the country on your television dial with depth charts out injury reports out there's a lot to look into in this game we're going to make our selections and i'm going to start us off looking at the depth chart 
you notice Rashad Ross, who was traded from the Wildcats to the defenders, the wide receiver, is listed as a backup receiver. He's listed as a three or a four, not one of the main two guys going out there or three guys. We'll see where they line up Rashad Ross. I'm interested to see where the rocket goes. Also, Eli Rogers was pretty far down there in the depth chart as well. Yeah, Alan, I just want to jump in real quick and say, you know, we talked about on on uh, Tuesday morning show about how uh, the DraftKings, you know, daily fantasy rankings, and these were two of the top receivers. Rashad Ross was the number one salary guy, and here, you know, he's not even listed as a starter. Uh, <laughs> just. Yeah, I'm, I'm just flabbergasted by this, and I'm not, I'm not quite sure what to think about. Yeah, but again, these these coaches with their two deep depth charts that came out this week, they could do whatever they want with them, and then after that first play, anything can happen when it comes to the rotations. And I'm interested to see what the running back rotation is going to look like for DC as well, uh, because like we've said, they've had Donnell Pumphrey, they, they've got uh, Jarrell Presley, they've got Nick Brosett, and, and they're, they're multiple there. Also note for D.C., Jalen Myrick, the speedy cornerback out of Minnesota, is on injured reserve, won't play in this game. For Seattle, uh, on their depth chart, I noticed this. Jaquan Gardner, Gardner beat out Kenneth Farrell, who's a captain, for that starting role at running back, but I'm sure both of them are going to be getting plenty of carries. Injuries of note in this game. You've got four D.C. First up, DeAndre Tompkins, the wide receiver, did not practice with a foot injury uh, as of this live on tape broadcast Thursday. So we'll see his status when it comes to Saturday afternoon. And then for Seattle, they have a few starters that are listed as did not practice. And that will be uh, Will Sutton, the defensive tackle, Isaiah Battle, the offensive tackle. And you also have a wide receiver, Kaysen Williams, with a quad injury, did not practice. I'm excited for this game, not only because it's the first game, but because I feel like there's a lot of action that's going to happen through the air deep in this game. At least there's a lot of opportunity. I feel like the the D.C. ground game could be stopped by Seattle, but I don't know about their secondary against all those weapons that D.C. has, especially when they're listing two of the guys we thought were their best receivers so far down the depth chart. Seattle, are they in trouble with their secondary? That's what concerns me, but... I think Seattle will have an advantage on the ground from what we saw in Houston. The Seattle running backs look pretty good. Gardner and Farrow, I like that matchup for them. But when it comes to this game, I'm picking D.C. to win 25-19, to Jake. Yeah, I believe whenever we were speaking earlier in the week, the consensus was, you know, D.C. is going to have uh, a pretty good team, good enough to make the playoffs, and Seattle is not going to. I know there was, you know, that wasn't unanimous, but that was the idea. Uh, at least what Coach Coach Zorn was saying about Cardell Jones, saying tremendous athlete, really commands the field. Uh, he expresses leadership on the field and can really chuck it. How much <laughs> chucking is going to be going on? So much chucking. I, oh, my I God. Think, I think a good bit, and I also believe myself, Vince and Brian, we all picked uh, Cardell for MVP. Is that correct, guys? Yeah, yeah. all three of you. So I, I think that tells you, uh, you know, how we feel about this game. Do I really have to pick a score? I mean, it's up to you, Jake. At least give it's, us. I your don't winner. even know what the. I don't know if these are going to look like conventional scores. You know, I don't know if it's going to be like twenty seventeen or if these are going to be odd yeah. numbers that we're. I went twenty. I went twenty five nineteen. That's my conventional score. Uh, I'll go. Uh, DC 31, Seattle uh, 19. I don't know how you get to 19, but let's say that. 
Uh, well, I, I don't want to do that math right now, even though sports makes math fun. What about you, Vince? What do you see from this game? Yeah, well, well real quick to touch on the, uh, you know, a conventional score, it is worth noting that, it, you know, at least from what I'm seeing, uh, it doesn't look like any sports books have really released totals uh, for, for, for these games. And that's because I just don't think they know. <laughs> it's that unpredictable uh, it, for, for what the, the total or the score may be here. Um, right now, uh, kind of all across the board, we're looking at the D.C. Defenders being a seven and a hook favorite uh, against Seattle Dragons. Biggest uh, favorite of the week? No, not quite yet, actually. We'll be getting to that a little bit later on. Oh, wow. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I got to think here. Uh, Jake kind of hit the nail on the head here. Cardell Jones, this guy, you know, just a, a tremendous athlete, uh, somebody who could really sling the ball. Uh I've got to think this guy, I've been talking about this, this running attack, this, this collection of running backs plus Cardell Jones, i got to think that they're going to really be able to control the ball there. I like these receivers. We talked about Rashad, uh, Rashad Ross, Eli Rogers down on the depth chart, but don't count out Malachi Dupree. Yeah, downfield. This guy, this guy is an excellent uh, deep threat. You know, If this offensive line holds up, I think they're going to have no problem moving the ball on this Seattle defense here. Uh, and I think that kind of justifies where the number's at. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick a score. Uh, I'm gonna say, you know, maybe a, a 29 to 15 game. 29-15. All right, I, that's yep. that's that's in the ballpark range. I like that. That's a. Uh... I mean, the score for D.C., at least for me, is almost – I mean, I'm not too far from you. I will say this. I, I, this isn't a – I'm not hedging a bet or, or anything here, but I will say that if Seattle pulls it out, Brian, I think they're going to be running the ball really well, and that's the that's their road to victory in this game. What about you? Alan, I see here's, – here's what I see. I see a running game in D.C. that isn't going to stop. And, uh, you know, when you have Jerome Presley, when you have Donnell Pumphrey – uh, continuing to run the ball one after another. They're going to be switching in and out probably, at least by series. We, we talked about how we all thought about Seattle last week. Could they come out and surprise us all? Uh, obviously, yes, it's week one. Uh, but in my in my perspective, when you have uh, Cardell Jones throwing the football uh, to two very talented wide receivers, DeAndre Tompkins and Malachi Dupree, and then you have Rashad Ross you know, there as well, uh, I, I don't see how Seattle – with all the question marks, can stop that offense. Uh, I see a score of about 34 to, to 17, somewhere in that range. Um, but, but So would that be covering? I think that's covering, right, Vince? Oh, yeah. What was? Yes, that would be. That's doubling them up. That's doubling them up. So that is all of us picking the D.C. Defenders to win on Saturday afternoon at Audi Field in our nation's capital, and that'll be game one on Saturday. Game two, let's go now. It's in Houston, and it is the Roughnecks taking on the Wildcats. That's Saturday at 5 p.m., airing on Fox. And, I mean, obviously, P.J. Walker getting named the starter for this game. Super exciting. But a big question. Will we see Connor Cook at all? Also, I'm interested to see that that big behemoth, Sean Oakman, and how much playing time he gets joining the team late after getting cut. That saga, how does that end up in week one will a snap count outweigh boogie roberts or latarius brady the other guys listed as defensive ends for the wildcats uh and then i was also just surprised that savion smith was listed as a backup corner 
He was a pretty great college player, I thought. Uh, but Jeremiah Johnson is the opposite corner of their vaunted Ajene Harris, uh, cornerback out of USC that everybody's been talking about heading into the season. Only real injury to keep an eye on in this game is Josh Johnson. has been banged up with a thigh injury and hasn't practiced as of late, the quarterback for the LA Wildcats, which that is huge for me in picking this game. If he's not 100% or playing at all, that could be detrimental to the Wildcats. This matchup, LA's a 3-4 defense. At least that's how they're listing themselves. I don't think we'll see them in 3-4 at all, Vince, if you ask me. Four <laughs> wide receivers for June Jones out there the entire game. Um, and I, I just think that this is a kind of a nightmare matchup in terms of personnel for the LA Wildcats. So I have the Roughnecks winning 34-22. to well, I mean, Bryant was, you know, talking up this L.A. defense all year. I understand that June all years. <laughs> all two years. <laughs> all, all two weeks? What are you talking about? Even you before really the draft, he was talking them up. <laughs> yeah, he, he, you really were. Uh, people can go back and listen to that. But, you know, this, this at least what we believe is going to be a, a spread offense, just, you know, really, if you want to talk about chucking, this might be the game he uh, you know, d- double forward chucking. It could happen in this one. I believe I picked L.A. last week uh, whenever I was filling out my chart for the whole board. So I got to go with them again. I think the defense, from you know, from what I heard, at least, if I'm wrong, I'll let them know next week. The defense is going to be too stout for whatever Houston is going to be trying to run all day. I don't I don't like the matchup, Jake. I think L.A.'s defense will be good, but I don't I don't like the matchup, Vince. I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards what Alan's saying here. Uh, right now, the uh, DC, or the, excuse me, the Houston Roughnecks five and a half point favorite over the LA Wildcats. You know, one thing to keep in mind here is that normally a number like five and a half would be considered a dead number. But with all the, you know, going for one, two, and three, all those different combinations, this is a very live number that you got to be very concerned about. Uh, you can't just look for those keys, uh, you know, threes, sixes, sevens. You know, this is this is much more in depth here. But I like what Alan said. You know, the you know if if indeed LA is going to try to to run this football, or and you know, I really like what Houston did, especially with bringing in a, another nose tackle there. I think that's going to be absolutely huge. But in LA, you know, do, are they going to have the pass rushers in a in a speed sense to really get after the quarterback that quickly uh, against June Jones. We know June Jones wants to go down the field too. Uh, So yeah, you're going to need time to do that. But I I think he's also, you know, he's definitely saw it in his days with Hawaii where he was able to, you know, really distribute the ball pretty quickly uh, in a lateral sense. So it does seem like a tough matchup for the Wildcats. Uh, I think they're going to play hard, but I don't think it's going to be good enough. I'm going to go with Houston to win this ball game, and I'm going to say it's going to be, you know, 36 to, uh, let's say, 22. Oh, you're, Brian, on, are you, you're almost on Brian, my score there, Vince. Are you on my side? Because I was under the notion that L.A. stood for excellence. <laughs> L.A. stands for excellence. L.A. stands for excellence. Uh, here, here's here, It's actually fitting you play that, Alan, because I look at the L.A. depth chart and I see who their coach is, and the only depth chart I believe here is 
the kicker, the punter, the long snapper, and Anthony Johnson because he's the only left outside linebacker listed here. Other than that, I think this thing is going to be completely moving around all game long. Uh, I'm telling you, there's some speed out there. There is some length on that defensive line of Vince. I don't know if, if June Jones's uh, offense is going to be able to get the ball off, whether it's P.J. Walker, whether it's Connor Cook. Uh, there's going to be a lot of size, a lot of – what was it last week that we were hearing from Jake Payne? Uh, sacks, get sacks, sacks get stacks. I, I like what. What you, was that last thing you added, though, Alan? Uh, bats, batting the ball yeah, down. Bats. Well, yeah. you, that's a good point, Bryant, because you know we, we got a shorter quarterback starting in PJ Walker uh, for, for Houston, and you do have some some tall tall dudes on that LA Wildcats team. You know that you're, you're making a good argument. That's maybe the matchup. Gonna be, that that is the matchup. Be closer than you think. That is the matchup. Well, is, the LA D line is. You're right, Brian. The LA D line is where victory lies for the Wildcats. It has to happen there. And you're right. And here's my here's the problem with this game is that that D line is barely coming together. They didn't really have the time in training camp to get together. Two of their big pieces came at the very end of of training camp. Actually, not even in training camp. They came after training camp in Sean Oakman and Devin Taylor. I think it's going to take a little bit of time for this defense to get together. That's why I'm picking Houston uh, to win this game. It's going to be a close one. It's going to be 26 to 23. It's going to be a, a, an interesting game. It, it, it could, I think, two of us had uh, kind of blowouts, I would say. I would call them at least. And then a couple close ones. So we're, both, we're, we're all split basically on that, on what this game looks like. But... I just think LA's linebackers are the best part of their team, and and against Joe Jones, its linebackers don't really come into come into play as much unless you're getting to the quarterback with them. No, they don't. <laughs> Let's take it over now to Sunday's slate, and the first one on Sunday, February 9th, will be in New York, MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey, to be exact. Sunday, 2 p.m. on Fox, the Tampa Bay Vipers travel to the New York Guardians, and. One thing I noticed from these depth charts coming out, Darius Victor, who had that truck stick in camp, is now ahead of Justin Stockton, who I thought was seemingly the most versatile running back that the Guardians had. I'm sure they all play in New York, along with Tim Cook starting. That Victor's a bowling ball, though. Uh, It looks like New York is listing themselves as kind of a 4-3 defense, but they do have a lot of uh, cornerbacks listed as starters. They're nickel position there is Drayvon Askew Henry Vince who we know a lot about in Western Pennsylvania I've usually seen him play as a safety I don't know about you he's going to be lined up at nickel and then Tampa Bay is I mean we, we all know what Tampa Bay has at quarterback three guys everyone's talking about Aaron Murray's a starter but this week Mark Trestman comes out and says we love Taylor Cornelius so much he's great and then they're saying Quentin Flowers is going to be playing in all sorts of ways including quarterback I can't wait to see what Trestman has up his sleeve with that. I mean, and then defensively, two of the better players, at least I know of and have seen play for Tampa Bay, are listed as backups. And CC Jefferson on the D line and Jalen Collins, who played in a Super Bowl with the Falcons at cornerback. Injuries, both of these teams look all right. They've got guys nicked up, but no starters were listed as did not practice in the latest injury report as of Thursday evening. And for the matchups, I think this one is another one that I'm looking down the field. New York, I think, is going to try to go down the field when they're not pounding the rock with Tim Cook and those running backs. I think all their receivers are capable of taking the tops off. Uh, And then Tampa Bay, 
is opposite of that. I think they're just going to be the short passes, the medium passes. They've got big, tall receivers. And Nick Truesdale, that huge tight end, who I think they're going to utilize a whole lot against those linebackers and safeties of the Guardians. That's where the matchup lies for me when Tampa has the ball. And with that said, I think New York is going to win this game, and it's going to be the closest game of the weekend. I have the Guardians 33-32 to in a thriller, Jake. Yeah, I, I'm i not sure if this is going to be the closest one, but it's definitely the most difficult one for me to pick, at least. You know, guys, I think uh, out of all the teams, we may have been talking about New York the least. Uh, I, I don't know if it's just because, you know, they've just been sitting back and doing their thing. There hasn't been uh, as much shakeup as some of the other teams, but you got Coach Tressman coming in there. I think he's going to be, uh, you know, throwing a lot a lot of different stuff, not quite June Jones level in there. But I, I think narrowly that the Vipers are going to come into that swamp that they call MetLife Stadium, and, and they're going to go out with a win. I, I don't want to pick the score. I, I'm just going to say the Vipers are going to win. I'm not going to hold you to a score, Jake, <laughs> but I, I'm going to mark you down as Tampa, and we could, we could go on because this one is so tough. To pick a score is really tough just to pick a winner. I, I think it's the closest game, though, Vince, don't you? Yeah, I really do. Right now, the the Guardians, uh, two, two and a half point underdog to the Vipers, depending on where you're shopping at. One thing I'd like to also point out here uh, that these sports books are doing is that they're they're not taking too much risk on these games right now. Only about a thousand dollar limit that you'd be able to put down on one of these things, you know, peanuts compared to them, just because of all the uncertainty. But uh, this game is going to be a slugfest, I have a feeling. And I I could see it being very low scoring. Uh, One thing I do want to commend both these teams is the honesty on their depth charts and calling out the actual positions. Uh, I like that uh, the Guardians called out that they were going to use a three technique and a nickelback. (laughs) Uh, I'm very uh, same thing. Uh, you X know, with the, uh, Z. <laughs> with, yeah, the, the Tampa Bay Vipers very happy that they're showing that they're doing a four-two-five system. Uh, this this is what it's all about. Uh, but I think I think it's going to be low scoring because I think these could be two of the better defenses in the league, specifically in the secondary. Uh, and while I'm a, you know I'm a huge Aaron Murray fan, uh, I just got to think that this is going to be a a a very close game. I've been I've been flip flopping on this one, uh, you know, over the over the past week, and I am I think I'm going to end up going with the Guardians at home. I I, I think initially I picked the Vipers, going to pick the Vipers. I'm going to go with the Guardians. I think it's going to be somewhat low scoring, and I'm going to say you know 24 23. 24 23. That's two. So two of us have it as a one pointer. Brian, can I real quick, Brian, before you make your pick? give you a player to watch on the New York defense too. Bun me Rotimi. Uh, that's who I'm looking at to maybe maybe make it a strip stack. I think that's what it's going to come down to. Some sort of turnover is going to dictate this game and I'm looking for maybe maybe a strip sack. Obviously, Bryant, we know those Guardians DBs could could pick it off as well. Well, that's what we've said, right? Go Guardians with the uh, with the cornerbacks the defensive backs we've had aj hendy on the show from from houston when we saw him after practice the man was focused alan i said that right after we got off of that interview the man is focused on playing he's focused on winning Uh, tampa bay though seems so structured i feel like they're going to be the most disciplined team in the league Uh, 
talk about what Mark Trestman is trying to to build down there in Tampa. I picked them as my my favorites to win it all. I don't have high hopes for New York. I think their their team is meant um, for for more of a powerful game. At least the running backs are, and then that line that that offensive line just didn't have the size that I liked uh, when I saw them down in Houston. I know they've made some changes since then, but still, they're built for speed when the running back isn't. So. I got Tampa Bay winning my first road team, uh, 27 to 22. We're split on that one. And I think that just is indicative of how close that game probably is going to be Tampa Bay and New York. We'll see how things go down at MetLife stadium Sunday afternoon. And then the final game of week one in Dallas, the converted baseball field is now a, a home for football at globe life park. The Renegades will host the St. Louis Battlehawks on ESPN at 5 p.m. this Sunday. And really, at quarterback for Dallas is the biggest question probably in all the XFL right now going into week one. Who's going to do it? Depth chart listed as Landry Jones or Philip Nelson or Eric Dungy. Love those oars on a depth chart, Vince. Dallas also listed as a 3-4 on defense. I'm interested to see how Oli Kikaha standing up at outside linebacker. I don't think I've ever seen him without his hand on the ground. I think he'll be a, a very, very good player and an important player in this game. Also of note on those depth charts, at least for Dallas, Lance Dunbar not on the two deep for the Renegades, the running back who played with the Cowboys. Interested to see how he gets utilized. Bob Stoops has said he expects him to have a good season. For injuries, we all know about Landry Jones' knee injury. He's banged up, but he was a limited participant, so he's working his way back. Sounds like it's a game-time decision to me. Also, Jazz Ferguson did not practice with a hand injury, the wide receiver, for the Renegades. As for the matchups, I just can't wait to see a backup quarterback trying to score on this Battlehawks defense that I have such high hopes for. If it's not Landry Jones, I think Dallas is in trouble, and... With that knee injury, they said it was going to be a while. Are they going to rush him back? I don't know. I think Dallas's r- running game uh, it might might do well, maybe against the Battlehawks, but through the air with a backup QB, I'm worried for him. As for the other side, we all said Jordan Tamu. How much of a leash will he have? Uh, I think they're going to let him sling it, but I don't think he's going to need to too much because I think St. Louis is going to have a decent running game with Kristen Michael and Matt Jones. And up front for Dallas... I don't know about their D-line compared to some of the other teams. When we broke down their team previews, D-line seemed to be the weakest part, at least on paper. And with the eye test, those limitations at QB, though, for the Renegades have me picking against them at home. I got the Battle Hawks, Jake, 22-18. to 18. Yeah, and it could happen that way, especially because we don't know who's going to be starting at quarterback for the Renegades. I'll just say this. If I was... A renegade fan which i am not ready to uh to divulge that information at this time i think i would be a little concerned landry jones the number one or the first signee to the xfl the most professional experience by far you want that guy in here but as for rushing him back no a- absolutely you don't want to do that you got a long season you know you're you're playing for the end game and that's to get into the playoffs so i would not rush him back right now Although St. Louis also very confident, you know, announcing that the throw in Simone, uh, I believe last week he was right before any other teams. They announced him as the starter for the quarterback. Am I right yeah. on that? Yeah, he was one of the first to get, uh, you know, get the get the nod, at least for week one. Jordan Tamu, yeah. um, man, I can't wait to see him out there. He 
he could be, I would say, honestly, boomer bust. To me, it feels like he could be as good as any quarterback in this league, or maybe he fizzles out. He is the youngest cat out there, but I, I'm well, excited club, to see him play. Yeah, the club is definitely confident to uh, to make that announcement last week. Just going with what the consensus was earlier in the week, we th all thought Dallas was going to, at least I believe we all thought Dallas was going to have a better season than St. Louis, so I'm going to go with the Renegades at home in this one. Uh, yeah, th this game here, th it's, it's especially with the uncertainty with Landry Jones, this is a very interesting game. Uh, right now, most places have the Renegades as a seven and a half point favorite. However, over at FanDuel, they have them as a 10 point favorite wow. over the Battlehawks. Uh, the biggest spread by far the out disrespect. here in week one. Yeah, uh, now. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, this is a difficult one to handicap, especially with Landry Jones uh, possibly not playing. I don't know if this is a public perception line. I don't know if there's any smart money that it come that's coming in on this. But if you look at St. Louis's defense, you know, uh, I, you gotta like what you see. I guess at, at all levels, almost. You know, a Will Clark, Dwayne Hendricks, those guys are excellent uh, ends that can handle uh, stand up at the point of the a point of attack we all know what terrence garvin can do in the middle uh and you know defense and especially on the back end you got kenny robinson and then will hill who knows what he's got left in the tank uh so that it, but then you can look at the uncertainty on offense with jordan tom who you talked about alan it's very hard to call this one i got i'm going with the renegades to win this ball game but at the end of the day i don't i don't see them covering this uh, set of seven and a half, let alone the 10. I think it's going to be a closer game to that. Maybe that's what they want me to think. I'm going to go with, I'm going to say a, a 25 to 20 game in favor of the Renegades. Real quick, Vince, Jordan Tamu, will he be on a leash? You think they just have him hand the ball off all game? That offensive uh, strategy for the Battlehawks, what do you see out of them? I. That's difficult to say, Alan. It, it depends on what kind of rhythm they could get this kid in. I definitely do expect them to maybe try to ease him into it uh, and try to, you know, get some short passes going. Try to build this kid's confidence. Will there be a short leash? You know, I don't. I don't know because I don't think there's. You know, yeah, I, I do like Nick Fitzgerald though, but I don't know if there's anybody behind them that they really would have a ton of confidence in. I don't think this is a situation where. Like in Houston, where you got a Connor Cook sitting on the bench, I don't see that here. Yeah, well, we'll see what they do with Jordan Tamu. Uh, you know, I would. Uh, part of me's kind of upset. I I didn't have the guts, Brian, to go out on the limb and pick him as the MVP because I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up just tearing up the league. But there he is, the big question mark. At least, obviously, you see that from the bookmakers and people talking fantasy and all that. But I wouldn't be surprised if this guy comes out and dominates. Would you? Uh, I would be very shocked if he did, actually. I think there's some major question marks on that offense in St. Louis. That's why I picked him to finish last in the East. That defense looks amazing. Very tall, very uh, speedy. Good tall defense. defense. <laughs> Good tall defense. No, but they are. They do look athletic. They, they, they look fast. My problem is that offense. That's one of the huge question marks. And then you go over to the Dallas Renegade side, and, and even if Landry Jones does play, he, he's, he hasn't – been playing with this team very long and i think this this whole game as an entirety has a good chance of being one of those sloppy ones to start the season where you're still trying to get your feet under you 
and, and, and see what's happening. I have Dallas winning. I don't think it's going to be a pretty one. I think it's going to be somewhere in those teens, uh, probably somewhere like 18 to, to 12. Well, that's not a teen, 18 to 13. Oh, man. Well, I set you up to really put the boots to the Battle Hawks, and you were restrained, Bryant. But you didn't I'm pick it. Fair. You didn't pick this against week the, one. You were fair. You picked it. You picked against your own Wildcats. I can't. I can't fault you for that. You were honest and well thought out. Good pick in there, everybody. That is week number one, and those are our picks for week one in the XFL. I'm going to say that that game though that that Tampa Bay New York game. I think that's just going to be absolute fire. Not only not because I'm going to be there, Bryant. I am going to be there for and MetLife on Sunday for that game, but I just have a, a good feeling that at the end of this weekend, people would say, "Man, that was that was a great football game." I think it's going to be it's, it was great football. Even the the sloppy game that I'm saying might happen in Dallas with the St. Louis BattleHawks and Dallas Renegades. I think it's still going to be great football. There's good a structure there. Yeah. There's going to be good crisp football all weekend long. Uh, but look, I'll, I'll present this question for you all: Which game would you lock in? At this moment in time, do you have it in you to, to lock in one game if you could? Ooh, my lock of the week. Uh, I'll give you my lock as DC winning at home in the very first game. It's, I think that atmosphere is going to be special, and I'm going defenders as if I have to locked. Yes, I could do it. I have the guts to do that. Defenders, Jake. Yeah, if I had to pick, it, I mean, it, it's boring, but I'm going to agree with Alan. If I had to pick one, I would go with DC. All right, what about you, Vince? What's your <laughs> lock of the week? <laughs> I might be, I might be uh, copping out a little bit here, but you know, I, I don't know if I could really give one. There's just so much uncertainty here uh, in what's going on. You know. Coward! No way. I'm with Vince. I, There's no did, way you lock in anything this week. There's if no I, way you can lock in anything If I did have to pick one game this week, I think I'm going with the D.C. Defenders to win. That would be – that's probably the game I'm most confident in. But, you know, really, outside of that, there probably wouldn't be any outcomes that would shock me. Um, I, I think D.C.'s uh, a, a tad bit better than Seattle. But, you know, those other six – Games, those matchups there, I, I think they, in, at the end of the day, they could go either way. I really I thought you were going to go with Houston the way you were talking about yeah. them earlier. Well, I, yeah, I, I, I do like Houston. I, I will say that. <laughs> what is but, going? Uh, what is going on? You you pick Seattle to win one game. You said DC's a tad bit better than them. But, hold on, let me, uh, well, I'll just say this. Changing we'll, his we'll mind, day, like this. day to day, hour to hour. <laughs> Leave the man alone. Look, here, here's here's the reality of the situation. Look, could we say Houston? Could we say any of these teams? Of course we could. This is the week, and I've said it multiple times. Uh-huh. This is when you're going to realize that anything could happen in the XFL. It's a clean slate. We don't know anything really about these teams other than what we've seen uh, at training camp, which if you listen to Coach Moss, really doesn't matter. You can look at these depth charts. We don't know how true they are. This is the week yeah. where you're, you, you know, they say it in any other sport more than football. It doesn't happen, right? Your team always has a chance to make the playoffs in football. And this eight markets have a chance to cheer for a champion because really uh, anything could happen. All these teams are starting at the same level. And it doesn't matter about the depth charts or the spreads or what, whatever reason it is that you're going to be getting into the XFL this weekend for week one. I think it's for everybody collectively. For the love of football, Vince. I can't believe it. It's February and football is just getting started. Yeah, we still have, what is it, 
12 more weeks of football. That, that, yes. That's just so exciting this time of year. And, you know, yeah, we talked about, you know, who we think is going to win these games. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, I just want to see an exciting game that has been reimagined that I just hopefully by Sunday night, I'm saying to myself, I just cannot wait until Saturday so I could see more of, of this unique product. And that's what I hope it is, a unique product, something different, something we, we football fans have been waiting for for a long, long time. And I hope it is coming this Saturday, all thanks to Vince McMahon. Jake, I just want to see someone go for three. I don't know about you. Uh, four, three. I, go I four, definitely three. do, but I don't know if it's going to happen. If it does, it's probably going to happen in that Houston game, I would say. I, I mean, unless somebody's, you know – Although, really, it could happen in any game, now that I'm saying it out Anything loud. Anything could I mean, happen. If you're, if you're down that comeback <laughs> period, you know, you're, usually that would be a two score. Uh, now it could be a one score. So, I, I don't know. Jake, well, be careful. I can hear your brain working a little too hard there, man. Just just take a break. We'll find it all. What's We'll, we'll figure <laughs> out what's going to happen uh, this weekend. Uh, oh, catch us, though, all weekend long, Alan. I can totally expect us for you, me, the guys to be everywhere. Vince, Jake, you guys are all going to the game. I'm I'm going to be out here in California kind of giving you the TV perspective. But Watch I'm it really... with your daughter for the for first football weekend <laughs> yes. with your daughter. Enjoy it. Yes. And, and you know what? If it wasn't for the XFL, I'd have to wait all the way until September. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Week one came at the perfect time, baby. Oh, man. Well, yeah, that yeah. just to let everyone know. So the D.C. Seattle game, uh, Jake, Vince and myself will be in the house at Audi Field taking in the game. So if uh, we're walking around and you, you recognize us at all or you say hi, want to say hi, come up. And, uh, you know, let's let's talk some football. We're, we're excited to meet all the fans that are going to be there for week one. And then on Sunday, I'm, make, I'm, I'm doing the road trip. Vince and Jake, they, they've, they, they, don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't have the, that, that crazy eye like I do. I got the, I'm ready for the long road ahead this weekend. I'm doing that whole loop, Jake. I'm going up to New York right after that game. Well, Godspeed to you. Vince and I are going to be uh, catching the broadcast on television and see how that comes off, see how much betting talk there is. Maybe I'm wrong about that. <laughs> yeah, keep an eye on that for sure. I, I'm definitely going to be DVRing the TV broadcast too because those are going to be a whole other way to experience the game. So if you're not at the games, don't worry because you're going to be seeing something unique on the television as well. Uh, we got them on ABC, Fox, and ESPN this weekend. So enjoy it all. It's finally here, man. We started the second they announced that the XFL was coming back. We made sure to start doing a show to keep everybody on pace and and informed the right way. And now we have reached that moment where we are about to kick off and we couldn't have done it with any of you. So thanks for riding on this road. No matter when you jumped on with us, we appreciate you so much and appreciate all the love you show us on social media at XFL show. Remember you could listen to the show two times a week, every Tuesday morning and late Thursday evening on any podcast app of your choosing or at XFL.com. And again, that phone number to call, the XFL fan line, if you ever want to leave us a voicemail and get on the show, 724-565-4XFL. I hit all the posts there. Brian, are you ready for football? 
youtube.com slash xfl don't forget about that one but yes i am ready for football uh we also might be going international this weekend alan it's gonna be one of the greatest weekends of my life i've already had a great week the greatest week of my life for obvious reasons now it's just gonna lead into the greatest weekend i i'm ready for some football i know you guys are too it's we've been yearning for it and now it's time yeah the xfl will be worldwide and we will catch you on tuesday morning to react to all the games but don't forget keep an eye on that podcast feed because we probably will have some special instant mini mini sewed content for you coming up throughout the weekend because whenever we have something to say we're going to pull out those microphones and we're going to make sure we get it to you and let you uh, maybe get a, a feel for what it's like in the stadiums at least in dc and uh, we'll see about what what met life brings me as well but cannot wait hope everybody enjoys it and we'll see you right back here on on the program, man, I, th- I can't believe I, I cannot believe it is week one. But man, we are finally here for Bryant, for Jake, for Vince. I'm Allen. This is the XFL show. Remember, they're listening. <laughs>